Hey, good morning, New Life Church. I am just absolutely thrilled to be with you this morning. I believe with all of my heart, and I sincerely mean this, that God is going to do something powerful over the next 30 or 40 minutes as we invest this time together, gleaning understanding from His Word. Before I begin this morning, let me just say a big shout out to Pastor Brian and Pastor Trinity uh, Nielsen. Uh, Trinity is my daughter, my oldest daughter, and they just had their third child, Zaley Bold Nielsen, was born on Tuesday, the 15th, at 10.29 p.m., a perfect 8 pounds, 19 inches long, and she is a do- Take a look at this picture. She is absolutely, a- isn't she just a doll? She is our fourth uh, grandbaby and our third granddaughter, and we're so happy for the Nielsens. We wish them well. Trinity is doing well. Zaley's doing well, and we're so proud of them. And uh, we're cheering for them, and we hope that they enjoy their six weeks of family leave together to bond. And uh, we're here to serve you at New Life. Our staff is, our team is, and Kyler, our assistant campus director for the, for the Lathrop campus, is stepping up, and she's fulfilling as much as she can of the responsibilities of Pastor Trinity while she's gone. And, and David, our assistant campus director of the online campus, is stepping up to fill the shoes of Pastor Brian, while he's gone, but we're here to serve you and we're here to help you. But just continue to pray for the Nielsens as they spend this uh, much valued time in bonding as a family together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You got your Bible? I'd like you to open up to the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament and the book of James in the New Testament. Habakkuk and James are the two books we're going to be hanging out in today. Have you been there? Maybe you are there today. Maybe you know somebody who's there today. Maybe, maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's you. Desperately, you want some help. Desperately, you want to get that family member or that friend. They need help. I mean, life is imploding. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult. What am I talking about right now? I, I'm, I'm talking about what do you do when you find yourself hitting kind of a, a spiritual wall? What, what, what do you do? What do you do when you find yourself grappling with all kinds of doubts. Is God really real? Is he really there? Is, is the God of the Bible really the God of my life? You, you're, you're wrestling with these doubts and you don't really want to tell anybody because you, know, you don't want to look like, well, you know what I'm saying. Oh, maybe maybe you're, you're, you want to believe that God is good, but life is just so terrible right now for you or for a friend or for a family member. Maybe you know somebody who's going through these kinds of doubts. If you haven't gone through these, you may one day, and we want to get you prepared for it. It's better to talk about the elephant in the room than it is to ignore it and pretend it's not there. That's what we're talking about in this message series that we're going through the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk only has three chapters. Today, we're on chapter number three. The, 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 the series title is Hope Over Darkness. Hope Over Darkness. Believing God is good when life sucks. And sometimes life just, I don't know how else to put it, life just sucks sometimes. It, it's difficult. You've been thrown a curveball. You didn't realize this was coming your direction. Feels like everything is crumbling all around you. Habakkuk, uh, quick 30-second context for you. Habakkuk is an Old Testament minor prophet. It's an Old Testament prophet that, that um, taught about 600 years before Jesus was ever born. And as a prophet, what does a prophet do? A prophet typically speaks on behalf of God to the people. This, uh, it's kind of a thus saith the Lord thing. Uh, God is speaking to you. Hear people what God is saying to you. 
But Habakkuk is a different kind of prophet. Instead, he chooses to speak on behalf of the people to God. Now, why would he choose to speak on behalf of the people to God? Very simple. Because he did not like what God was doing. He didn't like what was going on in his life. Life was imploding all around. It, was, it used to be good. Now things aren't so good. And so there's three chapters in the book of Habakkuk. And, and chapter, chapter 1, I'm going to jot some things down for you as kind of a review. In chapter 1, we talked about this is the season of what we call wondering. It's a season of wondering. In chapter 1, we discovered that, you know, we're wondering, what's going on? God, why does it seem that I'm asking for the good things, but I seem to be getting the opposite of what I'm asking for? I seem to be getting um, all the negative instead of the positive. Life doesn't seem to be going the direction I'm going, and I'm wondering, are you, are you there, God? So chapter 1 is, the, is a chapter of wondering. Well, chapter 2, well, that's the chapter of, and this is, this is really hard, but is, this, is the chapter of waiting. So chapter 1, we're wondering, God, are you, are you with us? Chapter 2, we're waiting to experience the faithfulness of God. In chapter 1, we said that this one's hard. It's, it's hard. But in chapter 2, we said this one is, well, this one's really hard. Because nobody, nobody likes to be in a season in a season of, of, of waiting. And, and so what we discovered about chapter 1 is God says, okay, I'm going to do something. that You're not going to believe it. And, and so Habakkuk is, well, that's exciting. Thank you for answering me. God, I've been wondering for all this time. You're going to do something that I wouldn't even believe it, something so amazing that if you told me I wouldn't even understand it or I wouldn't comprehend it or I wouldn't believe it. And Habakkuk is thinking, finally, God, you're going to answer my prayers. Things are going to be great. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to finally, we're all going to live blessed lives finally. And then God finishes his thought and he says, I'm going to raise up your enemy. People who are even worse than you are, than the people of Judah are. And, and they're, they're called the Babylonians. And they're going to issue judgment upon you. And this is where Habakkuk gets really frustrated and he, the wondering goes exponentially off the charts. Now he's like, well, uh, this doesn't make sense. This really isn't the God that I want to believe in. You're telling me things are going to get even worse. And what we said was we said in this season of wondering, you, need, you are going to do two things. You're going to wrestle and you're going to embrace. Wrestle and embrace. You're going to wrestle and embrace. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, when you wrestle with God, you're wrestling with your doubts, your fears, your anxieties, your, your concerns, your questions that you have about why is this happening to me? But at the same time, you embrace. And that means you hold on to your faith. You latch on to Jesus. You hold on to God because he promised he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He didn't say he'd calm every storm, but he said he'd be with you in the storm. And so Habakkuk's name, we know, in the Hebrew, it means to wrestle and to embrace. To wrestle and to embrace. I'm wrestling with my fears, my questions, my concerns, my doubts, my worries, my burdens, but I'm, but I'm embracing my faith, the facts found in your word, God, what you've revealed to me. And so there's this season in chapter one, there's this season of wondering, which is really hard. And so we wrestle and we embrace. And then we said, in chapter 2, we said, you know, chapter 2 is a season where you don't want to quit on God. It's really hard in chapter 2. 
it's very, very difficult in chapter 2 to wait on God. And this is where you're wondering, God, are you even listening to me? Are you, are you listen, it's, it's, it feels like it's a period of silence. Now, we know that God is with us, but we don't feel his presence with us. It, it feels like we're just out there on our own, but you're not. And so it's a season of waiting. God, do you even see my suffering that's going on? And so we wait upon the Lord. And we learned last time, last week, when God, when it's not God's time, you can't force it. But when it is God's time, you can't stop it. And so we discovered in the second chapter, chapter 2 of Habakkuk, we discovered that um, this phrase, though it linger, wait for it. Though it linger, though it seems like it's taking a long time, though the faithfulness and the blessings of God seem to be delayed, they're not delayed, God's delays are not his denials. He's with you. And so in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20, we, God reminded us, but the Lord. Those are three words we're trying to hold on to. But the Lord. All this is happening to me. I'm wondering. I'm in a season of waiting. But the Lord is in his holy temple. In other words, God is still on the throne. Can somebody say amen? He is still on the throne in your life. He has never lost control. And so what we said in this season of waiting is we're supposed to do three things. Number one, we need to really pay attention and listen to God. Listen to God. Number two, I challenge you, I said, when you listen to God, he will speak to you. So write, uh, write it down. And then number three, I said, here's the hard part. Then you will simply wait on God's faithfulness. Wait on God. So, the three things we're going to do in chapter 2, in the second part, is we're going to wait on God. And how do we do that? We listen to God. How do we hear God? We hear His voice through His Word. We hear His voice through uh, nature. We hear His voice through the Spirit of God. We hear His voice through uh, prayer. We hear His voice through other people. We hear His voice through a message like this. We hear His voice through a worship song. We listen to God. And when God speaks to us, and He will speak to you, when he speaks to you, you, you write it down. We listen, and then we write it down. I'm telling you, journal it. Write it down. This is what God said to me on this particular day, at this particular time. And then you're able to go back to it and champion that when you have more fears and more doubts when you're in this waiting period season of your life. Then I said, after you write it down, then you, you have to wait. You have to wait on the promises of God to be fulfilled. And nobody wants to hear this. We want in this microwave mentality, instant gratification culture we live in, we want it right now. And there's something powerful that happens in the waiting. Something spiritually profound that has the potential to change and transform your life if you will learn how to wait on God. Now, it's not just sitting on your laurels. It's, it's listening. It's writing it down. It's, it's waiting. It's waiting on God. Like, I, chapter one, wondering, man, man that, that, that's hard. But chapter 2, waiting, that is, that's, um, that is really, really hard. So that's a review of the last couple of weeks. Now we're going to be moving on into chapter 3. And so I'll just kind of give you a synopsis of chapter 3 really quick. I'm, in fact, I'll write it down right here, chapter 3. If I had to give one word to chapter 3, it would be the word worship. Worship, okay? Um, and I'm going to tell you this one is super super hard <laughs> okay so one was really hard or one was hard one was really hard and then this one is super hard super hard so chapter three is about worship it's it, it's god i know that you are good 
I, I know that, God. And so I'm going to worship you before I see the miracle made manifest in my life. Before you come through, I will choose to worship you, God. This is difficult, not easy. We're going to learn something today. Open your Bibles, Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 1. Uh, I think this is a powerful verse. And, and a lot of times we just skip over this verse. Uh, be, maybe you've never even read this verse before, but I want to help you with it. Here we go. You ready? Um, a prayer, verse number one only, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shiganoth. Shiganoth. <laughs> a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shiganoth. Shiganoth. What in the world? Every, I want you at home, I want you to say Shiganoth. Shiganoth. This could, could be said, but Shiganoth is how we're saying Shiganoth. Say Shiganoth. God bless you. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's a crazy word. Shiganoth. Why would that word be in the Bible? What in the world does Shiganoth mean? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give you the answer to what Shiganoth means. It's fun to say. Shiganoth. Shiganoth is the plural of Shigion. So there you go. Now you've got the answer. We, <laughs> we can, we can, that doesn't tell you anything, does it? Shiganoth and Shigion, it's singular, yeah, they each only appear one time in the Bible. Shigion appears in, in Psalm 7. And Shiganoth, the only time it ever appears in the Bible, is right here in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse number 1. It's only used one time. It is, listen, let me give you the definition. It's a Hebrew word, and here's what it means. Shiganoth is a musical term meaning to sing with strong emotion and impassioned exuberance. It means high-spirited praise with vigorous enthusiasm. It means praise punctuated with exclamation points. I mean, isn't that a great definition? I got to say it, read it again, because this is like the crux of what God is going to teach us today. Shiganoth. It's a musical term meaning to sing with strong emotion and impassioned exuberance. It's high-spirited praise, vigorous enthusiasm. It's, it's praise punctuated with exclamation points. What I want you to understand about chapter 3 in the book of Habakkuk as we bring this series to a close, this uh, hope over darkness, uh, believing God is good when life sucks. What I want you to understand about Habakkuk chapter 3 is Habakkuk is entering into a season of intentional, full-body, all-in, exuberant worship to God before God did what Habakkuk wanted God to do. That was his choice. I hope you caught that. Sometimes the most passionate and authentic praise is actually praise before the provision. Hallelujah. Praise before the provision. It's praise simply based on faith. It's praising God not for the what, but for the who. Amen. It's, it's, it's shiganoth. It's, it's not for what you've done for me, God. It's not for what I think you're going to do for me, God. It's simply praise for who you are. Though he slay me, yet I will praise him. It's praising God for his character. It's praising God for his nature. It's praising God for his goodness. And it's praising God for his glory. It's praising God before anything good happens. It's shiganoth. This is the beginning of chapter 3. It's saying, God, do it again. 
God, I've seen you do it before, and I'm going to praise you, believing that you, God, are a good and gracious God, and you're going to do it again. Can somebody say amen? Hallelujah. You know, I love that song that we worship to. It's, it's the song, I've seen you move, speaking to God. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I love that. That is shiganoth. That is praise before the provision. I'm praising you, God, for who you are, not because you gave me what I wanted. I'm praising you for who you are. And I sincerely believe, God, that you're going to come through for me. I sincerely believe you're going to come through for my family. I believe you're going to come through for my friend, for my kids, for my, my co-workers, for my parents. I believe you're going to come through, God. But I choose to praise you in the valley. I choose to praise you when everything's not going well because I'm praising you for the who, not for the what. Shiganov. So what do you do? What do you do when life gets difficult? We talked about chapter one. Chapter one was a season of wondering. We're wrestling and we're embracing. It's really hard. Chapter two is waiting. We're listening to God. We're trying to write it down. We're waiting on God. This is really, really hard. You're still in the valley. You're still in the valley. What do you do? You worship God. Now that sounds like a pat answer and a simplified thing, but I'm going to help you with that. Get to that place of shiganoth, exuberant praise before the provision to our good and mighty God. So here's, here's what we're going to do. Two things. I want you to write these down. Please, honor God and just uh, be with me on the journey by jotting these two things down. Number one, the first thing you do when life gets difficult, when you find yourself in the valley, when you're low, when you're doubting, when you're wondering, when you've been waiting, it seems like forever. The first thing, you, you be, listen, you, you've been doing what we already talked about. You, you've been listening to God. You've been writing it down. You've been, you've been waiting on God, but the waiting season gets to be longer and longer and longer. What do you do? Here's what you do. You worship. How do I worship? Well, you have to do a couple things to get to that place. Are you ready? Number one, you remember. Write it down. You remember. Remember. Habakkuk chapter 3. Now let's go to verse number 3. God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. Now, you might just look at these verses and go, I, I, don't, I don't know really what that means. It sounds flowery and it sounds, sounds uh, poetic, but what does that really mean? It, 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 it doesn't mean anything to me. But these two places, uh, as they listed in there, Taman and, and Paran, these were very important places to Habakkuk, who was going through it in the journey. Um, these are places that God took his people after he miraculously freed the Israelites out of slavery and bondage and captivity to Pharaoh in Egypt, and he, he set them free. These are the places that God took his children to where they found refuge, where they found um, help from on high. These were important towns. And so Habakkuk really is saying, God, I am remembering when we didn't think that there was any way. God, I am remembering when we thought that we were going to be enslaved and in bondage forever. But God, you move the heart 
of Pharaoh. God, you split open the Red Sea. God, you caused us to walk across on dry ground. God, you destroyed the enemies as they pursued us. God, I remember your faithfulness. God, I remember your goodness. God, I remember. Do it again, God. Do it again. That's the cry of the heart of Habakkuk. He is on this journey of remembering. And then check out verses 4, 5, and 6. Same chapter. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. His ways are eternal. What is Habakkuk saying there, guys? Let me help you rightly divide this word of truth. What he's saying is, God, I remember your faithfulness. Uh, I remember your goodness. I remember your justice, God. I remember, even though I might not feel it right now, I remember your presence. I remember, God, when you were glorified through what you did. In fact, if you continue reading verses 7 through 15 of chapter 3, what Habakkuk does is he's remembering the justice and the faithfulness of God. God, I remember when you provided manna from heaven. I remember when you provided the birds and they came down and we had meat to eat every single day. I remember when you gave us water, God, from the rock in the middle of the desert. I remember when you shut the mouths of the hungry lions and the prophet Daniel survived the night in the den of lions. I remember when you were with the three Hebrew children when they were put into the fiery furnace and they came out not even smelling like smoke. I remember, God, when you raised the dead. I remember when you spoke in those dry bones, they came back to life. May I make it personal for a second today? God, I remember when you handed me my best friend, my soulmate, my love, my bride, my beautiful wife. I remember when you supernaturally arranged our steps and we came together. I remember when you gave me four healthy, beautiful baby girls. I remember when we ran out of money many times in our 30-year marriage, God, and you were there. There wasn't much food, but we prayed, God, and you always came through for us. I remember the countless times, God, I didn't know what to do and I didn't know what to say and I didn't know how to help other people and I didn't have the answers, but God, somehow you worked through me and you worked for me and you're with me, God, and I remember today. I remember today. Can you remember today the goodness of God and how he's helped you and he's been there for you through it all? What am I saying to you today? Sometimes when you're deep in the valley, you're so into yourself You need to step back and reflect and remember the goodness and the faithfulness of God. If you agree, put in the comments right now, I remember, I remember, I remember. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That was number one. That's what you do when life gets really difficult. When you've been, you've been wandering and you wrestled and you're embracing and you wrestle and you embrace and you, you, you wrestle with your, your doubts and your thoughts, but you embrace the, your faith you have in God. And then, and then you're waiting. And so when you're waiting, you listen to God and you write it down and you wait on God and you wait on God. And when you're there, you need to get to a place that you can worship. And so number one, well, number one is to remember. Number two, I hope you'll write this down. Number two is a word we've used many times. Here we go. Not just remember but embrace. Embrace. We're using that word again, aren't we? Embrace. Hey, check out verse number 16. We're jumping all the way to verse number 16, chapter 3. One of my favorite verses. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones. 
and my legs trembled. Here we go. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. I will wait patiently for you to come and bring calamity, bring a, a destruction to the enemies that are invading us all around. Remember what's happening here. The Babylonians, the evil, wicked Babylonians, these are terrible, terrible people. It's a terrible uh, group, uh, nation. They are, they are win they're winning. And Habakkuk recognized that things are really bad. And now he hears from God and the God's like, things are going to get even worse. And, but, but Habakkuk chose to embrace the situation, not, not embrace failure, but embrace God with everything in him. And he was declaring, my God is still on the throne. Can you declare that today? My God is still on the throne. My God has always been good. My God is always faithful. What I love about Habakkuk here is he's not pretending that it's not happening. Did you get that? Some of y'all pretend that life is okay when it's really not okay. And I understand we're trying to speak faith forward. We're trying to be positive, courageous, but it's okay to be truthful with God. And so, and so don't pretend like it's not happening. Instead, Habakkuk is looking the bad news eyeball to eyeball, directly in the face, and he says, I still trust my God with everything in me, and I will continue to embrace his goodness no matter what. Chapter Chapter 1, we're wondering. Chapter 2, we're waiting. Chapter 3, we're trying to figure out how we can get get to a place of worship and I said really there's two there's two things you need to do number one is we need to remember and number two we need to embrace now I realize these were on your screen but I think it's very important if we're going to get to this place of worship then we have to remember and we need to embrace remember and this is not easy this fact this is super hard this is really 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 challenging Look at verse number 17, the next verse in this. I think this is powerful. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, you might say it this way, though I am still praying, and I don't see the answer, though I'm still believing that our child's going to come back to God, but they're not coming back yet, Though I'm still asking you, God, for that job or that provision so that I can provide for my family, so that I'll have the blessings of God, but I'm not seeing it yet. Though, though I'm, I'm, I've lost something or I've lost someone that is so valuable to me, that was so important to me, and I don't understand why I've lost them. Though I've cried my eyes out, God, believing that you would heal me, that you would heal my child, that you would heal my friend. Though I've prayed with everything in me for the miracle. That's what Habakkuk is saying. That's what's being framed for us. Check out the, the next verse, verse number 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You know what, what he's saying is, in, in other words, there's a million different reasons why I might not rejoice. But, but I refuse to bring a half-hearted song to God. I will praise him, Shiganoth. <laughs> I will praise him with my full body, my full soul, with everything inside of me. I will worship the King of glory. I will do it I will do it even before the provision. 
I will praise before the miracle. I will give him the praise and the goodness and the glory that he deserves. I hope you're getting this this morning. I hope this is resonating and sinking in with you. This is praise before the provision. This is praise with exclamation points. Not for the what. This is praise for the who. You know, um, my third daughter, our River Islands campus director, soon-to-be campus pastor, she's fulfilled all the ministerial requirements and just has to uh, get the final approval from the general council of the Assemblies of God in Springfield, Missouri. And when that comes through, we'll start calling her pastor. But, but the River Islands campus director, uh, Tasha Gampon, my third daughter, I, uh, I remember when she was really, really little. We lived in a town in the Midwest, and I get a, uh, a call from my wife. Uh, actually, it was, a, it was on my pager. I get paged by my wife, and so I respond, and it was like a 911 from my wife. So I respond, and I call back the grocery store that they were at. My daughter had just, uh, she had a seizure. She passed out in the middle of the grocery store. My wife was doing grocery shopping, and she passed out, and uh, she was seizing on the ground. And so they, I, I can't even remember if an ambulance came that time or not. We've had a lot of these different episodes. Um, but my wife was rushing her to the hospital. And so I immediately got in my car and I took off from the church and went straight to meet my wife and my daughters at the hospital. And when I got there, I found out that after a little while, the doctor said, we're going to have to do an MRI. She's a toddler. She's little. We're going to have to do an MRI. And, and if, if, here's the deal, Troy, you need to understand um, that if your daughter cannot lay still for the 20 to 25 minute MRI, then we are going to have to give her a, a, uh, an IV. And I thought, well, that's, that's a terrible thing. Um, but there, this IV was gonna have to be done in the head. Um, at that time, I don't know why they just determined that that was the thing to do. So they were gonna have to inject an IV in her skull um, in the soft tissue. I didn't want my daughter to go through that. I felt like it was risky and I felt like it was way too much pain. And I, I, I didn't want, they're like, listen, then you're gonna have to get her to lay still, but you cannot be in there with her. You can go in there with her when she's going in to lay on the bed um, on the table, but you're not allowed to stay in there with her because it's dangerous with all the rays. So I said, okay, um, I'm con very concerned. So I, I, I get on top of my daughter as, as close as I can. I'm, 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 I'm looking at her, we're, we're eyeball to eyeball, and I'm explaining to her she has to lay still. She has to lay still. She can't move a muscle. And the whole time, my daughter is looking at me um, with this look. She's like, Daddy, no. Daddy, no, don't, I don't want you to leave. Daddy, I want you to stay. Can we just go outside and play? I'm just fine, Daddy. Daddy, no. Daddy, no. Daddy, no. And while I'm on top of her and talking to her and trying to soothe her and hoping that she'll calm down and lay still for the 20 or 25 minute test, she's, she's, she's wrestling. She's wrestling. She doesn't want to be there. She doesn't want to, didn't want to go through this. And yet at the, at the same time, she's, she's not letting go of me. So she's wrestling. She wants out, but she's not going to let go of me because, because I'm her father. Uh, she's wrestling with the whole fear and anxiety she has about what's going on in a strange place and strange people and big machines and what's going to happen to me and the fear of the unknown. Some of you get it. And at the same time, she's not, she's not letting go of me. She's wrestling and she's embracing. She, she's, she's wrestling and she didn't let go. And wrestle and embrace. Wrestle and embrace. And, and just the rest of that story we prayed. I prayed with Tasha right there on that bed. And I stroked her head for just a few seconds. She fell asleep. She slept so soundly 
through, she went through the test, and some of you have been through NMRI. It's not a painful test, but there's a lot of loud noises. Didn't wake up, didn't even stir one time for the 25-minute test. Then they called me. I went in and got her, and she didn't even realize that it was over. We believe that that was a miracle from the Lord. Multiple miracles we've experienced over, over the years, and we say thank you, God, for that. She wrestled, and she embraced. Troy, last week you said that in chapter 3 that, that God was going to come through. But it doesn't seem like God has come through. Okay, I'll give you that. In fact, if your version of God coming through is that God provides the miracle that Habakkuk was asking for, then no, God did not come through. Not, not in this book anyway. God, God did not come because God never does what Habakkuk wants him to do because this is not a series of sitcom sermons. This is not wrapped up in 30 minutes, less commercial interruptions, and everything's going to be just fine. There's never in this book an okay, now it's all better. You're not going to read that in this book. It doesn't happen. But I, I want you to see the very last verse of this book in chapter 3, verse number 19. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. He enables me to go on the heights. What do I know about God? Well, I feel like I got something that I can share with you today. This, this is what I know about God. It, it's, you know, we, we have this experience of, of this, 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 this mountaintop, right? This mountaintop experience in our lives, and then things seem to be going down, and they go way down, until we find ourselves, well, we find ourselves, we find ourselves in, in the, the valley. The valley. We were in the mountaintop, and now we find ourselves in the valley. And so, here's, here's what I know. When, when you start, I mean, we can't live up here. We want to live up there, but, but that's not the place of the best growth in your life. That's, that's not reality. Life doesn't, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. In other words, you're going to start coming down, down the mountain. You're, you're going to have times. And, and when you start dipping down, this is really when you start wondering. God, where are you? What's going on? It feels like things are really difficult. When you get to this point, you already think you're at the bottom of the valley, but you don't realize you've got a ways to go to get down to get down the valley. And so you find yourself going down and going down and going down until you get to this bottom of the valley. And then, then what, you're, what you're really at when you're here is you're, this is where you're in a season of of waiting. So you were wondering, but now you're down in the bottom of the valley and you're waiting. And while you're down there, remember we said that you need to listen to God. We said that you need to uh, write it down. You need, need to wait on God. So you need to, you're doing all this stuff. I mean, you're, you're down in the depths of it now. And, and you, want to start, you want to start heading back up again. And, and, and how do you head back up again? Well, the, the challenge that I have for you is, is, is you need to get to a place where you're going to worship. But you're like, I'm so, I'm so low right now. Remember, I said that what you, you need to do is you need to remember. And you need to embrace. Because when you 
remember and hold tight to that which you know about God. He is good, he is faithful, he is just, he is righteous, he is true, he is everlasting, he um, is with us, he will never leave us, he won't forsake us. When you get to that place, what happens is you get to a place of worship. And when you get to a place of, of worship, this is worship before the miracle. This is praise before the provision. Now watch this, are you ready for this? You were at a mountaintop experience, and then and it, things have gone down. You start wondering until you finally really get really, really low and you find yourself you're in a season of waiting and you decide, well, I'm going to start and intentionally choose to remember and to embrace. Remember the goodness of God and embrace the facts that I know about God. So I will enter into a, a season of shiganoth, a season of worship, of I'll praise you before I get anything. I'm praising you not for the what, but I'm praising you for the who. And, and when that happens, this is what happens. I'm not telling you that the miracle necessarily becomes manifest in your life. Paul said, take it away. Three times, would you take it away, take it away, take it away. But the thorn in his flesh was never taken away. But he discovered something even greater with God. What he discovered was this, what I'm going to call intimacy. An intimacy with God that could never have been experienced if he cho didn't choose to worship God, to shiganoth, to give God all the praise and all the glory simply for who He is. And you do that by remembering what He's done, remembering who He is, remembering how powerful He is, and embracing what you know to be true about God. You've been waiting, oh, you were wondering, but now it's a season, hallelujah, it is a season of worship. And I'm telling you, remember the good things God has done. And when that happens, you're gonna enter into a place of intimacy that will grow your faith even without the miracle be made manifest, you see that God is with you. The storm may not subside, but God is with you in the storm, and that's good enough for you. Praise God. Praise God. You know, we enjoy God on the mountaintop, but you get to know Him in the valleys. That's the truth. On the mountaintops, I love to praise Him for the what? But in the valleys, I praise Him for who He is. I like to brag upon God when I'm on the mountaintop, but I get to know him intimately when I'm in the valley and when I choose to remember and when I choose, when I choose to embrace. And when you start to have that perspective, then James chapter one, verses two through four becomes your reality. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I want you to understand that this is so important. Listen, we're going for perseverance. Perseverance, so you're wondering. You gotta hang in there and you're waiting. You gotta hang in there. You gotta remember, you gotta embrace. You gotta worship even though this is a persevering type of spirit that develops an intimacy with our great and mighty God. But, but you can't have chapter three. You can't have this intimacy. If you haven't gone through chapter one, you, you, you come off the mountaintop experience. Some of you come down off the mountain and you're like, this is no fun. I want to go back up the mountain again because it's so much better up there. But we can't have chapter three without chapter one, without going through a period of wondering and, and, and questioning God and, and being honest with God, honest with your feelings, being true about what's happening to you and what's happening around you. Jesus said, you're going to have trouble. Acknowledge the trouble. He acknowledged it, so we should too. So you're wondering, you're questioning, you're asking, you're seeking, and then you go into a season of waiting. You can't have true intimacy with God without waiting on God and, and, and uh, 
taking a season of your life to listen to God and to to write it down and and to wait upon God. And when you do that, you begin to remember all that he's done and you embrace the goodness of God. And that's when you experience intimacy. And that is what James is talking about. You want to get to a place of intimacy, then don't don't despise the journey because the journey is what's going to get you to the place of victory, hallelujah, in your life. There is somebody listening today who says, I don't understand God. I I mean, I hear Troy, but I really wish you'd do something different in my life. And right now, something inside of you is welling up. It's called faith, my friend, and it's welling up inside of you. And you are believing to choose and choosing to embrace God in the middle of the challenge. And if that's you, man, I'm so proud of you. If that's you, then with everything inside of you, I want you to take just a moment and lift your hands up to God, and we're going to play a worship song. And when we play that worship song, I want you to worship God, Shiganoth, with everything inside of you. Praise before the provision. Give God glory for what He's done already in your life. And it doesn't even matter if He comes through the way you want Him to. He's still worthy because of His character, because of His nature, because of His goodness, and because of His glory. Praise God. Take a few moments and shiganoth unto the Lord. Hey! 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of that worship time, that worship experience with God. I hope that was true shiganoth for you. I hope it was true um, worship with exclamation point, praise before the provision. Let me pray for you. Dear God, give us faith to praise you even when we don't see the provision. God, not just for the what, but for the who you are. God, I pray that you would help us today as we wrestle, as we cry out, as we even acknowledge our doubts. And oh God, help us to never, ever, ever let go of you because we know that you will never, ever, ever let go of us and you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I think someone out there feels pretty low right now. Someone probably out there feels, you feel pretty dirty right now. I mean, you feel like you're ashamed and you feel guilty and, and you feel broken and you might even feel discouraged or depressed or dismayed right now. What do you do? Well, you're not, you're not watching this by accident. God cleared a way. God paved a path for you so that you could be dialed in today. You're here because God cares for you and he wants to help you. How's he going to help you? He'll help you through his son. Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. What am I saying? Who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. He is perfect in every way. He died and was buried in a borrowed tomb. And on the third day when that stone was rolled away, the tomb was found to be empty. He was risen. He rose from the dead victorious. Why did he do that? So that anyone, and this includes you, and this includes me, anyone doesn't matter what you said doesn't matter what you where you've been doesn't matter what you've done doesn't matter what's been done to you doesn't matter what you thought doesn't matter what you did last night anyone who calls upon his name would be saved and forgiven and be given a new life so now is the moment for you to say yes to god to turn from your sins and to turn to jesus and to give your life completely over to him no more goofing around no more playing around we're not playing patty cake with jesus this is life or death this is victory or defeat this is the time and this is the moment and you know it and if that's you we're going to pray a prayer together right now in fact right where you're at in your living room your kitchen your bedroom your car your car wherever you find yourself right now i want you to get into a place and i want you to lift your hands as you're surrendering who cares who the person next to you is thinking you lift your hands to god begin to surrender to god i know it's been difficult i know it's been hard but he is with you oh god today we come before you and we ask for your help we ask god that you would touch us and strengthen us renew us save us now as your hands are lifted pray this prayer with me out loud dear god please forgive me come on now of all my sins come into my heart and change my life i give you everything 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 forgive me of my sins and give me new life in you i give you everything and i ask for your help every day in jesus name Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, friend, I want to know it. You're a part of my family. You're a part of the family of God. And, and Jesus, he'll, he, won't, he won't forsake you. But we want to know. So if you prayed that prayer, you are forgiven. The Bible says that right now, right now in heaven, all, not some, not a few, not a dozen, but all of the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you came back to God. Praise the Lord. There's a party going on in heaven. 
on, in your honor right now because you prayed that prayer and you meant that in your heart. And we want to know. And so if you prayed that prayer, just put in the comments. If you do that right now, just put in the comments, um, forgiven, forgiven. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, put forgiven because that's our way of knowing who to pray for this week as we continue on in our faith journey. Now listen, it doesn't end with that. You've you got to get dialed into a church. If, if New Life is not your church and you just happen to tune in today, we want to invite you to be a part of our campuses right here in Central Valley of California. Or, or if you're further away, dial into our online campus, but get dialed into a good church that believes and teaches the Word of God. Secondly, read your Bible. Get into the Bible. Study it. Ha- ask, get involved in a Bible study. Ask someone to help you understand it. And then the third thing is talk to God. Pray to God every single day. Treat him like he's a friend because he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Praise the Lord. I'm so proud of you. Um, It's been my joy and privilege to walk you through this book of Habakkuk. I trust that God has taught you that it's okay to wonder. It's okay to wait. And it's certainly okay to worship. And when we do that, when we do that, we're able to get, we discover that there is hope over darkness. And we can truly believe that God is good even when life sucks. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest and may he give you peace. God bless you, New Life Church. We love you, love you, love you. I look forward to seeing you next weekend. God bless you. Amen.